Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you work anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Today, we're talking about how your brain tricks you into hearing what you want to hear. Kevin calls this happy ears. This episode is brought to you by BidProtestInsurance.com. Bid protest insurance is exactly what it sounds like. Insurance to protect your award from bid protests. Bid protests are nearly impossible to predict. Since bid protests typically cost the apparent winner up to 15% of the contract value, they can be a nearly catastrophic financial event, especially for small businesses. Having insurance against this mitigates that risk. Here's how bid protest insurance works. Go to bidprotestinsurance.com to apply for a free, no-obligation quote. To secure that quote, you simply pay a small fee. If and only if you receive the award, you'll be charged for the agreed-upon premium. There's no cost if you don't win the award. Now, if someone protests your award, you're covered for many of the costs that are created by protest delays. To cover yourself in the event that someone protests your next win, go to bidprotestinsurance.com to get started. And speaking of getting started, let's get started with this episode about happy years. Requests for proposals, even even the small ones, are are full of ways to miscommunicate. Actually, the whole government industry interface is is full of ways of to miscommunicate. It, happy ears are, are when we hear what we want to hear. It's kind of like a sales concept that's used to ensure we're not targeting poorly. We're not just hearing everything that we want to hear and chasing people that aren't a good fit. This is what it looks like. Somebody gets you on the phone trying to tell you something and you say, just, just send me something and I'll look it over. Yeah, that's, that's code for I'm not really interested because you're not really going to read it. But what the salesperson, the person with happy ears is hearing is, ooh, they want me to send them a quote. They must be interested. They're going to read it and then tell me how many of our widgets they want to buy. But what you're going to do and what I would do is you're just going to delete the email. Your goal is to get off the phone and they had happy ears and thought that there was a deal coming after. The funny thing is, and which makes this relevant for our podcast, is that the buyer, in this case, the government, can also have happy ears and hear what we want to hear. So happy ears exists on both sides, on buyer and seller. Before we get deeper into that, let's stop and say thanks. I want to say thanks this week to Player FM. Uh, Player FM is a, a podcast app. And they rated the Contracting Officer podcast at the top of the list for best contracting podcasts. Who knew? The reason I want to say thanks is the best way for people to find a Contracting Officer podcast is for others to share it. We've talked about that. Well, in this case, they're ranking it at the top of their podcast app. So that really helps other people find it. So thank you, Player FM. Top of the list for best contracting podcast. So best out of all two or three of, of us, maybe. I don't know. I'm <laughs> yeah, not, best I'm out not, of three. I'm not not sure. Uh, maybe there. Maybe everybody makes the list at this point. But but you're right. We appreciate positive press. We appreciate the sharing. Thanks, Player FM. Back to happy years. I want to get a little scientific or talk psychology or or whatever. Get into the research behind happy years, which is quite a, a Kevin phrase for, for some, some real scientific thing. <laughs> it's scientifically based, right? Right, right. It's called confirmation bias. Confirmation bias is the tendency to, to search for, to interpret, to remember information in a way that confirms what you already think. Your pre-existing beliefs make you hear things differently 
thus happy ears. Human beings tend to gather or remember things selectively, or at least interpret it in a biased way. And the effect is stronger for the outcome that you want, or something that's very emotionally charged, or for deeply entrenched beliefs. Have you ever tried to change someone's mind when they've believed something all of their life? It's very difficult to dig that out of there. Every piece of evidence that you provide will be interpreted through their filters. A debriefing is a great environment for that. <laughs> I spent the last, if I'm the debriefee, I spent the last 20 years building this business and you're telling me my baby's ugly. Yeah. I'm deeply entrenched in that concept of my company doesn't suck and you're telling me we shouldn't have won this contract. I wrote six months writing this proposal and you're telling me I did a poor job on it? There's nothing bad about this. It's just who we are as human beings. If there is ambiguous evidence... You tend to interpret it in a way that supports your beliefs. Someone else can take that exact same evidence and interpret it in a different way. Confirmation bias manifests as overconfidence in your personal beliefs, and it can help you maintain or strengthen your beliefs in the face of all contrary evidence. Have you ever heard of the term groupthink? Groupthink is sort of linked to confirmation bias, where we have our beliefs and when people around the table say something even close, we tend to think that we're all thinking the same way, and then we get locked into a path where no outside force can shake our belief at that point. And it's even more powerful in large groups. Now we're going to return to Kevin's language and call this happy ears. <laughs> happy ears are human nature. Yeah, co confirmation bias isn't nearly as entertaining to listen to as the concept of happy ears. Happy years happen because we want to be positive. We think things are going to happen in our favor. Uh, and also, we think we're easy to understand, and we think that we're understood. And as we talk about a lot in the podcast, the communication process is easy to muck up when you're going through a lot of writing, a lot of websites, a lot of detached content, which is what RFPs and proposals tend to be. Happy ears can happen on both sides of the government market. Industry can have happy ears if they take all the feedback from the government and spin it in such a way to look for the positive side of it. You go to a conference and the captain is there and says, oh yeah, this, this product is exactly what we needed. Thing is, he doesn't write the whole requirement. He probably isn't going to write the RFP. He's going to be one of the deciders. And as it turns out, the winning bid that fits the whole capability, not just the part that was sitting in front of him, when he said, hey, this looks like a good solution, what he meant was, this is part of an overall solution. But what happy ears, what the industry person at the booth heard is, hey, he loves our product. They're going to buy it. We're going to win. We're going to win. And, and, and groupthink just took off. And likewise, the captain said, well, I told him I liked the product, but I didn't tell him we we're going to buy it. So that, that, that it's because he's, he's sending happy ears and not even realizing it. The government side can have happy ears too. If the government releases a draft RFP, and gets a lot of comments back, they have to remember that industry is going to be sensitive. They're not going to say, this is the stupidest RFP in the world. This is the worst requirement I've ever seen written. They're going to be a little sensitive. They don't want to make their potential customer angry. So they're going to be softer and use constructive criticism, which is very easy for the government to interpret as, hey, this thing's great. No one had any really serious comments. Even though we're talking psychology and I tried to get all scientific there for a minute, this is actually an issue that is not created, but maybe supported by the and, far. Enable. 
It's enabled by enabled the far. by the far. That's a good way to say it. Far part five point one is dissemination of information, and five one hundred one a one requires contracting officers to disseminate information on everything they're doing that's over twenty five thousand dollars, and it suggests that. Contracting officers make brief announcements of proposed contracts to newspapers, trade journals, magazines, or other mass communication media for publication without cost to the government. So get the word out. The problem is that getting the word out in that manner is very generic. It's very difficult to be specific in a free publication. You probably don't get 20 pages. And it specifically says mass communication media. Right. In other words... Tell everybody about this and hopefully they'll interpret it the way that you meant. Yeah. That's basically what it's saying. So the whole system enables happy years. And despite our best efforts, the, the telephone game can kick in here where you put one piece of information out on mass communication media and it gets spread to lots of different people and it gets interpreted in different ways. We can also use Hanlon's razor since you're throwing out the telephone game. We've talked about Hanlon's razor in many podcast. Hanlon's razor is don't attribute to malice that which can be explained by lack of knowledge. In this case, think of it as people aren't trying to be cryptic. They aren't trying to put out information that is difficult to understand. People are generally trying to do the right thing and do a good job. But effective communication is difficult. That's why so many of us, even when we're trying to communicate clearly, fail to get the message across. It's important to be sensitive to happy years or confirmation bias because if we have happy years, if we're a victim of this, we're not communicating. We're talking right past each other. And if we pay attention to the fact that we might have happy years, we can ask the question, are we, are we hearing what we want? Are we missing clues? And, and here's a scary thought. Would you know if you missed a clue? That's one of the things that our Skyway customers use us for is sniffing out, do they have happy ears? You give them an unbiased look at, at what they're thinking, what they're reading. A common example is a contractor's website. A government small business specialist at a contractor meets at an industry event. He gives them a capability statement and they look over their website and they say, what do you think of our website? How does it look? And they say, oh, it looks fine. Now the challenge becomes, what's the definition of fine? How good is that website? Is it good compared to not having a website? Uh, is that capability statement good compared to a blank sheet of paper? Or is it good compared to other companies that they have to consider that they're competing with for a $2 million contract that's coming up in two months? It's really easy to hear. It looks fine as it's perfect. It's great. We don't need to do anything, right? So that person reports back to management and says, I talked to the government and they said our website is great. We're going to win this. And now all that comes from looks fine, right? Yeah, and it just, it leaps. What if the government has happy ears? As a contracting officer, I'm assuming that they hear us, that they clearly understand what we said. And, and when I say, but, but you didn't respond to that, but I put it in the RFP, that's a hollow victory. Because <laughs> if they didn't understand what they were supposed to say, and then they lost because of it, or, or, or worse, won because of it, and they don't clearly understood what was supposed to happen, then the RFP wasn't very effective. I'm raising my hand here because during both debriefings with somebody who lost and also during a kickoff meeting with somebody who won, 
I heard the phrase, oh, you meant that? Oh, oh, well, I would have proposed this. It, I had happy ears. I thought, oh, this is clear. They, they clearly understood what I said. <laughs> well, obviously they didn't because they brought it up after the award was done that there was an adjustment to be made. Linking this to the time zones, the acquisition time zones and the execution time zones, happy years happen all the time, every day in your daily life, and they can happen across any point in the time zones. It's particularly acute in the market research zone and the RFP zone where this communication that lacks context is passing back and forth, where questions aren't clearly asked. It also happens during the performance zone during the recompete zone in on the execution time zone side, you can't just run away from happy years. And the ripple effect extends beyond the zone where it happened. If you have happy <laughs> ears in the market research zone, you're going to feel those happy ears in the recompete zone, you know, potentially two years later. If you're not familiar with the acquisition time zones, we cover those in episode number three. And the execution time zones we cover in episode 84. Let's get specific on the government side. Why does the government care about the troubles that happy years can cause? Industry wants to understand the need, the requirements, so they can provide the best solution. If they don't understand some part of it, all of it, key parts of it, whatever, it's frustrating. There are lots of things that that frustration can lead to. For example, they lose the opportunity and assume that it was rigged because the requirement wasn't clear. They thought, you know, somebody rigged this, it was fixed, it was a waste of time. Another thing that could happen is that they lose and then they protest because <laughs> they think it was rigged. They're frustrated enough. They're frustrated with the lack of understanding enough that they'll protest until they get that understanding. Option three is that they lose and they never come back to the agency. I spoke at a recent conference and talked about there are specific agencies that we don't send our customers to anymore. And I said, what, and, and the government folks in the room kind of gave me this look. And I said, well, think about it. You got, you're getting competition. The first level of competition, the good companies, they're not there anymore. Then you end up with the ones who are just, okay, maybe I'll endure this. And what you eventually end up with somebody who hopefully found on FBO. You're going to get competition, but the level of that isn't going to be as good. That's a particularly painful impact that started with happy years. And then option four is they win the contract and then we find out that they didn't understand the requirement as well as we thought. It wasn't completely derailing to the, to the overall program, but there was a piece that we thought, wow, I thought that was obvious because we had happy years. We thought it was easy to understand. I like how you started numbering things with uh, different options, three, three and four. There are many, many ways that lack of understanding, lack of context can impact things. You just laid out some very familiar to most contracting officers and, and I think most industry folks, very familiar ways that, that this can come about. That's the tip of the iceberg. Remember FAR 5.1 encourages mass communication, which is a good way to get the initial message out to a whole lot of untargeted people. It's <laughs> not necessarily a good thing. What you want to end up with is specific communication with if you're the industry side, specific communication with the customers who are most likely to need your products where it's a best fit. And where if you're government side, specific communication with the companies that are most likely to be successful in providing whatever you're trying to acquire. It's unlikely that mass communication will get you there. Let's go to the industry side. 
You said industry wants to understand. Industry also wants to be understood. But getting that one-on-one clarity, it's, it's not practical in the government market. Not usually practical anyway. And sometimes it's not allowed. The government market is huge. Industry folks, remember that it's not easy to distill a requirement down to words, even a simple requirement. Some industry folks think that the government acquisition team is just lazy. They didn't write it well. I would say that's rarely the case. They might not be great writers, but I'm sure they were trying to write it well. And even if they are great writers, it's hard to do this well. Anyone who has ever written a proposal, written a requirement, written an RFP, knows that's true. Or even the content for a podcast. (laughs) There you go. One way to limit the negative impact of happy years, the negative impact on your chances to win, is to target well. By targeting, you get more context on, on what the requirement could be, would be, should be. Right. You're closer to the source. You've targeted, you know this customer is a fit. This requirement is a fit. And you're more likely to hear the happy ears. You're right. And the defense to happy ears or the, the navigation of, <laughs> around happy ears is to ask more specific questions. When someone says to me, just send me a, a quote for your consulting services. Well, for which parts is my question. Uh, you want pre-award help? You want post-award support? Uh, to, to which parts of the process? You want help with shaping? You need opportunity shredding? You need RFP analysis? You're looking for proposal support? Debriefings, protest advice? Lots of different places this could go. And then they say, oh, well, actually, I just wanted a Frick's price for a GSA proposal. Well, gee, I'm really glad I didn't send you something because I sent you way more than you specifically needed. If I just said, sure, here you go and send him a quote, I would have wasted a lot of time writing up a quote for someone who is just shopping on price and doesn't really you know, see the, the clarity of what we do. When they're just asking you for a quote, your happiers say, great, we got some new business. But when you add a little filter to that, you think... Do I even want that business? Is this customer the right fit? Is it the kind of work we do? Do I have the right people available to provide this support now? There's a lot of other levels that you just went through before you blindly jumped in based on what your happiers were telling you. We did an episode called Don't Write Novels for Strangers. It was episode 133. And that's kind of the the result of having happy ears is you write a novel, you write this big, this big quote for somebody who doesn't really know who you are. <laughs> One of the lessons here is if you can't get clarity, walk away. Under the rule of abundance, there's always more opportunity. That's not easy to do. I get that. But that's the ultimate defense to happy ears is target away from those opportunities. Wow. It's really hard to walk away from an opportunity, especially when you've spent some time and energy on it. When you, when you have those sunk costs in there and you're not willing to recognize that there are sunk costs, it's hard to walk away. Hard to tell upper management that you're going to walk away when you've already spent a lot of their money too. If you spent six months with a customer and you're still getting happy ears comments, that's an indicator. They're not that interested in you. After six months of talking to somebody, if they're still giving me, hey, just send me a quote, I don't, I don't think you want to work with me. I mean, I, so that's what I'm saying. It's like the longer you go with this, the more obvious it should get. Right. If they don't, if they still don't act like they know exactly what they want, that could be a sign of trouble. All right. Before we get into more trouble, let's wrap this one up. <laughs> I like that. Good, good idea. 
on the government side, be, be as clear as you can. I get FAR 5.1 is all about mass communication and, and, and mass communication by its own definition is, is general. The goal here is to be as specific as you can realistically. As you review the RFP before you release it, read it with happy ears. See if there's anything in there that's going to trip you up later because people will read that with their own positive intent of, oh, they must mean my solution versus what's actually written there. Remember that happy ears isn't about assuming someone is lying or trying to make this difficult, trying to make it complicated. If you're paying attention to your happy ears, it's about making the assumption that the things they say may not mean what you want them to say. They mean what they meant them to say. And you got to break through that wall. Confirmation bias exists throughout your whole life. Awareness of it can improve your decision-making skills, but it's very difficult to recognize it in yourself, and it's even harder to manage. Even the professionals, the, the psychologists that, that coined the term confirmation bias and have done extensive studies on it will admit that they're still victims of it on a daily basis. It's just, it's just us. We're humans, right? Yep. Be aware of the risk of happy ears, and it's that much easier to avoid. It's a start anyway. All right, let's make this the end. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. All right, see you, Paul. Okay, that's it for this episode. Thanks to our sponsor, BidProtestInsurance.com, and thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. despite our best efforts, the, the, the telephone game can play out pretty quickly here where you, know, you say one thing goes into the, to the, to the, hang on, the dog's barking again. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, Fritz, come inside. Get out of my office. Oh, this way, this way. There you go. Go find the bed and lay down in it. Hmm. We're so professional. Exactly. <laughs> All right.